Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. It's not about me I'm only here for a minute And I know that I can't fix it I can help even just a little bit Won't you let me try Hello, welcome to our Lazen Powers. This podcast is brought to you by DirecTV Stream. Get your TV together with the best of live and on demand. Learn more at directtv.com. This is Scott Powers joined by Mark Lazarus. Mark, hello. We've had an interesting... I can't even think what day to say. Tuesday? God. Hey, remember when uh, I got to the rink and like, oh my God, Jonathan Taves is in COVID protocol. Wow, this is going to be a story. Yeah, I, I, I got, I, last night we were like, oh, we, we started coming up with a plan with me wa- doing a Seth Jones piece. And I stayed up really late watching Seth Jones clips. <laughs> and I woke up this morning watching Seth Jones clips. And at some point I'll write about Seth Jones. But uh, unexpectedly. He'll be here for nine more years. You've got yes, time. Unexpectedly, the Blackhawks released their public uh well their independent investigation today the result the results of that they released the the report itself but also danny words uh and rocky words spoke and then also someone from the the law firm kind of summed up the report before releasing it uh the headline is the blackhawks um i don't know they they said they I know I, they didn't exactly say they fired Stan Bowman. That it sounded like it was more like a mutual uh, parting of ways with Stan Bowman, and then uh, they fired every other executive. Which I uh, that was there during 2010. Which I I I, I can only piece that it was Al McIsaac at this point. Interesting that they didn't name Al McIsaac by name. Yeah. Even though, I mean, John McDonough was already gone. Kevin Chevaldeoff is obviously in Winnipeg. Uh, Jay Blunk was already gone. So it's interesting that basically instead of just saying we fired Al McIsaac that everyone from that front office is gone, which is yeah. interesting. And then on, then on top of the firings is, is that Joel Quinville obviously yeah. knew what was going on. Kevin Shelville-Dayoff knew what was going on. And, 
and both of, uh, I think Chevaldeff said that he learned of it after Aldridge departed. Uh, Quinville had worded it as that he didn't know anything about it until this summer. So, and according to the report, they met within an hour of winning Game Four against San Jose in the 2010 Western Conference Final. Within an hour, yeah, on May 23rd, 2010, that they were all in the meeting together. That fateful meeting also included Quenville and Cheval Dayoff, which is new information that Reed Shar from Jenner and Block brought to our attention today, which is very significant. And it's it's kind of a sidebar in our world right now because there's just so much Blackhawk stuff. But this story is going to have ramifications throughout the NHL. You know, Florida Panthers have to answer for this now. They're five and zero, and everyone's in a good mood, and now their coaches. Uh, you know, part of this. Uh, Winnipeg Jets are, uh, you know, Kevin Cheveldayoff is the GM there, and now he's part of this. And there's been a lot of denials of who knew what and when, and, you know, the truth is is, is finally coming out. And there's going to be repercussions around the league. And, you know, Gary Bettman fined the Blackhawks $2 million. He says anyone involved, that includes McDonough, Bowman, uh, uh, McIsaac, will have to go through him before they get approved to get hired by an NHL team in any capacity. Who's going to hire them at this point? Uh, right, right. That's the thing. Like, you know, we wrote about that in our piece today. It's like, you know, Stan Bowman is a three-time Stanley Cup winning GM. He, in theory, would be at the top of, of a lot of teams shortlist for GM. But I don't know how you, he's toxic now. I don't know how you can how you can the PR hit you would take the the hit you would take to your credibility would outweigh any chance of success you're going to have. I mean, that's the lesson here, right? Is don't prioritize winning over you know doing the right thing. And the Blackhawks yeah. didn't do the right thing. Now I'll say this. You know, Danny Wirtz wasn't here in 2010. He's new to the, the hockey side of the business. I think he handled it very well. He, he he did all the right things. He said all the right things. He apologized directly to John Doe, the the, the former Blackhawks player uh, who was uh, allegedly assaulted by Aldrich. They, he, they said that, you know, that we let him down. Uh, there, there, there's, this could have been kind of, a, a, you know, shirked a little bit and the Blackhawks aren't shirking it. Stan Bowman did in his in his statement, which I found a little unseemly, where he basically said John McDonough did it. Um, but the Blackhawks themselves have handled this very well, all things considered. Now the the hope is that they can continue this moving forward and, and, and you know you know continue some of these initiatives they're proposing to make sure there's a better workplace culture at that team. Yeah, I I I think for sure Danny Wirtz and and all the actions were, were proper, and, and I and I think if you had asked. What are the things you want to hear from the Blackhawks in this? That I think a lot of them were said that they apologize. It sounds like they're gonna try to settle with the uh, yeah. the two John Doe's, which, which which is significant. Yeah, they, they fired the necessary people. They're 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 taking for um, you know further action in trying to prevent this in the future. Um, they and the report said that that Rocky Wards never knew, and 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 that may be the truth. If that is the truth, and this is where I I kind of feel like there still has to be some answers, you know, like it is something about the culture that existed at that time uh, under John McDonough and that John McDonough had so much power under Rocky words. And, uh, and why wouldn't he tell John, you know, what, what was the relationship there? What was being created? Well, by and, and, and from everything I've heard, you know, that John McDonough kept Rocky words in the loop on like everything. Like that was yeah, part like of this, his thing. It's, it's 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 this now. It, it's you know what's it's what's happened with uh, Kima Lu. It's um, you know them protecting Patrick Kane before you know like then even even listening to the victim basically you know the alleged victim. And I think there are a lot of things Patrick Kane yeah. needs to answer. Jonathan Taves needs to answer. I mean, everyone's given a different variation of when they heard about this. It sure sounds like everybody knew about it. Which you know we wrote about that back in June or whatever it was that you know we we quoted one of the players on that team that said everybody knew, and it sure seems like everybody knew. And everyone who did know has to answer for for the you know 
are players as culpable as executives? No, they don't have the power that executives have. And from all accounts, it was reported up the way it's supposed to be reported up the chain of command. But it wasn't reported to HR until, you know, the middle of June after they had won the Stanley Cup. Now, a lot of people have to answer for that and are going to continue to answer for that. But today was kind of the moment, was, was basically the end point of this story in a lot of ways. Because the lawsuits, like you said, Danny Wirtz said he's going to direct his lawyers to basically settle for, you know, a, a fair resolution, I think is how he put it, uh, considering the totality of the events. And, uh, you know, the heads roll today. Uh, so now it's just picking up the pieces and, and it's, 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 it's about looking forward and making sure this never happens again and making sure every team in every sport learns a really important lesson from this. Yeah. And no, I, I still feel like there's still like, I'll, like Joel Quinville and Kevin Day off, like, especially Quinville, his connections to this organization and you'll have anniversaries coming up of the 13 and 15 cups. And like, I, I think there are. Like there's enough that in the past that we still need to figure out, right? Like there there was obviously like inclusion in a lot of ways today, but I I still certainly want to know some things about what happened and oh yeah, um, you know I, I I've been told by enough players that they they knew something happened, but like they like it wasn't like an awareness, you know, like it was just so far off their radar with what occurred and, and but it seemed like in time that it, it became more clear. So yeah, yeah, I I think there are certainly players who you know sort of need to be re-asked those questions. Um, yeah, I don't. There were there was so much today. Like I was, I was starting to, you know, we we, it's we a wrote lot to process, and you know, like there there's so many disgusting details. That I, you know, obviously a lot of people didn't want to reveal certain things, but um, you know, but there was even like with with Jim Gary, who was the mental skills coach, and you know, there were emails that he had sent to um, the John Doe that had like nude photos in it, and and all these. Yeah, I don't know. Just it's it's like this culture that just, there wasn't a professional culture there, and people just passing the buck, and and how even Al McIsaac knew about this, and he he dispersed Jim Gary to handle this with the, with John Doe, right. you know, and and human resources not telling, and and certainly John McDonough was, was deflecting throughout these interviews and not giving a whole lot of information, and um, I, I am curious at how whether McDonough McIsaac um, or Bowman see any money like that. They, they it wasn't exactly answered whether. Um, yeah. are they firing them with just cause? Are they looking to get their money? Like they owe all three of those guys a lot of lot of money still, you know? Oh, there's a lot of questions we have to ask Danny Wirtz and Rocky Wirtz here. They did not take any questions during this press briefing. Uh, they have there's a lot of details that need to be sorted out. Absolutely. I, I, from a hockey side, they firing Stan Bowman. You know, like we 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 get sort of a whiff of that, and and we started talking about candidates and and what's next and and it's it's odd because it's amidst of this oh you know oh five and one start and and you thought a coach could potentially be fired and and we mentioned um you know in our column a couple of days ago that that Bowman you know Bowman should potentially be fired and then you certainly wrote a column uh, yesterday kind of summing up the reasons why on ice he could have potentially be fired and now you have this um that they're making uh, Kyle Davidson the interim GM um and it puts everything into question. Like uh, you can't really fire. I don't think you can fire Jeremy Colleton now. Like you, you probably give him a little bit of time this season. Well, um, you have to let whoever's going to be the new GM, whether it's Davidson or somebody else make the next high coaching hire. Don't you? Yeah. Yeah. I don't, it, it feels, and then on top of all this is, is all the COVID stuff too. So you play the Maple Leafs tomorrow without potentially Kane and Taves and a number of other players and assistants. And, um, I, you know, I, I did a story on Kyle Davidson last season, um, it felt like and, they were... and, and, and very professionally tweeted it out within like seconds of him being named GM. <laughs> that was well done. I approve. I approve of that kind of plug. They, uh, 
he he he's intelligent. He's smart. Um, Young too. Things that I've heard about him are, are are that that I don't think he's always been in lockstep with Stan Bowman either. You know, like some of the contract deals. Like I, I like a lot of the numbers they've like a lot of the smart contracts and numbers they've come up with. I, I, Kyle Davidson's done a lot of that planning. Um, he's done a little bit of scouting, but I also think that the pro side deals with a lot of. Uh, the pro evaluation kind of handles a lot of who they're acquiring and that sort of thing. But yeah, everything I've heard from people is that the, um, this, you know, I, not kid, but I mean, he, he's in his thirties, like he's he's young enough, or he's um, that he was on the rise, that he may even groom someday to be, you know, if Bowman was going to stay in the organization to, to to be the GM, and you know, Bowman moves up to the president of hockey operations. I think he gets a fair look now. He he's not connected to the stuff in 2010. Um, the fact that they're making him interim now that he is, um, you know, that they chose him over you know all the other assistant GMs and whoever else in the organization. I, I it wouldn't surprise me if they went with Kyle Davidson as the full time GM and chose someone else as the president of hockey ops. Like that's how this plays out. Yeah, I mean, and you know, like you said, Davidson was was kind of the consensus thought that he was going to be next in line. Um, you know, Danny, remember Danny Wirtz was the interim president before he became the CEO. So interim very often gives you a leg up in these kind of things. And it's quite possible he gets the rest of the year and then the Blackhawks make a decision in the off season. I mean, this, this can go any number of ways they can move quickly. We don't know, but, uh, the idea of having a president, if he's with him being such a young GM and really thrust into this role ahead of his time, having a president of hockey ops ahead of him, like, you know, the, the, the Brendan Shanahan mold in Toronto uh, that works so well up there. Uh, that's you know logical, and then, and then you can think outside the box with that hire too, because Davidson does it. He's analytically oriented. He ha- he has a feel for the the scouting staff and everything else that involved in the technical aspects of being a GM. But you bring in someone else to be the hockey voice of the the, the, the front facing voice of the front office who directs the general direction of the front office. You bring in, you know, it could be an outsider. You know, we always hear Eddie Olchek's name. Kim, I'll come up with this. He's the kind of guy who could come in and you know. You know, the, placate the fan base. The fans love him. He is, you know, universally loved in the hockey world. Uh, he, he, he's wanted this for a while. I know he's interviewed in New Jersey and in Philadelphia. Uh, it, it's, a, it's, a, it's a good opportunity to bring in someone like him, but the Blackhawks might want something a little more straight-laced, too, and a more traditional executive, and, and bring in a, a veteran GM, someone who's done the job before. We bring up guys like Mike Gillis and stuff all the time. There's guys out there, you know, uh, Jeff Gorton uh, just got fired from the Rangers, did a good job before he got randomly fired, it seemed. There's there's guys out there that could give you some instant credibility and some stability. It's really interesting to see what Danny Wirtz wants to do because Danny Wirtz isn't your traditional hockey executive either. He's only been here for a year plus. He doesn't know much, a whole lot of people in the hockey community. He's not that plugged in. Stan Bowman was his tie to the hockey community. So it'll be interesting to see if he thinks outside the box a little bit and is willing to take a, a, a chance on a hire or if he's going to go, you know what, we need veteran stability and go with a more you know straightforward approach. It's going to be fascinating because really, for the first time in God, since the Blackhawks were resurrected in the mid-2000s, really anything can happen. There's been such stability in this organization for so long. Remember how how freaked out everybody was when John McDonough was fired. Well, now Stan Bowman's gone, and Al McIsaac's gone, and Jay Blunk's gone, and you know the, the, the world is wide open for the Blackhawks right now, and they can go in any number of directions. It's going to be fascinating to keep an eye on. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. 
Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And, and I feel like there, there's a lot more changes coming. A lot of those people were, were Bowman's Bowman's guys or McKay's guys or, you know, a lot of these hires. There, there are a lot of people in the hockey ops that have been a long uh, around for a long time you know and that uh, and especially in the last five or six seven years like you, you you probably have to question some of their you know like just how how well they've done their job in, in recent years too and so i i think there could be a lot of change coming and whoever you know whoever that whoever that president of hockey ops is or or if they combine the position again then whoever the gm and hockey ops is i i think there there's so many decisions ahead of you and i i think Beginning tomorrow, it, it, I, I'm, I'm sure. I don't, I don't know how long you would ignore a losing streak, but there has to be some pressure taken off of Jeremy Colleton, right? Like the, the, the need to win right now just feels so secondary to everything else. Like, yeah, yeah, you don't want to see them go, you know, oh, 19 or one or something, but <laughs> it just, uh, like, you wouldn't be able to ignore it. But I don't know what you do is, you know, like the, you, you have guys in COVID, you, you have all these changes, and uh, yeah, the hockey just. On ice stuff product just feels so secondary to everything else that you're probably hitting a little pause in that. You know, it's funny because like the you know the, the 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 Hawks announced just before eleven o'clock that Taves and Kyra and you know like ninety seven assistant coaches had, were all in protocol for COVID, and I tweeted that out. And for two hours before the uh, the Jenner and Block report came out, my my Twitter mentions were nothing but Leafs fans saying, "Oh, definitely going to lose tomorrow. We're definitely going to lose to the Hawks tomorrow." Because <laughs> they, you know, because it's two very put upon fan bases. Around. Down goes Brown. Sean McIndoe and me had planned this story today. It's a fun, lighthearted story for tomorrow morning. You know about you know which fan base is more stressed right now, the Hawks or the Leafs. Obviously, that's not getting written now because there are more pressing issues. But you know, it, it's funny how how quickly the conversation changes. But yeah, it, it, nobody's really thinking about the Maple Leafs game tomorrow now. All of a sudden. And and it is one of those things where you've seen, you know, maybe not with these exact circumstances, these are extreme circumstances on every level, but you see teams that are kind of up against it and losing players and there's things happening and swirling around. They just go out there and they say, fuck it. And they go out and they win the game. Wouldn't shock me at all if the Blackhawks won tomorrow. Wouldn't shock me at all if they lost tomorrow. Not sure it really matters at this point. I mean, yeah, there are bigger hockey, issues at right? play. Like anything can happen on the ice. So yeah, I wouldn't, so, I wouldn't be surprised. I just, I, I think overall though, that these, um, you know, uh, Jeremy Carlton probably needs to show something if he's going to be the coach beyond, um, you know, beyond the season or beyond these next few months, whoever the next GM is. Can, can you envision a scenario where the Blackhawks let Kyle Davidson make the next hire with an interim tag on? I mean, things would have to get pretty bleak to do no. that, right? I mean, uh, Carlton's unless there's already been, just got it hugely extended. Unless there's already been a conversation being that if this gets this bad, then we we make Mark for the interim coach you know unless there's already been well, that yeah, sort of conversation that. like they're they were, yeah yeah but i i don't think the next full-time coach is is hired if if that's what they decided i just i don't think that they're you know to, to, to do all this and then to fire a coach like there's there's just too much chaos for you know like it's just, <laughs> we're tired god damn it. <laughs> it it's just yeah i i think i think they just kind of let things see how they play out maybe you allow this team to see what they are and um not, not well, well, you, it, the fact that you're not like the, the, I will, you know we'll see on Taze's status in the in the morning, but 
tomorrow, like we we can see what the Blackhawks look like without Patrick Kane and Jonathan Taves, which is, you know, reality the Blackhawks could be facing in a couple of years. But uh, I I don't know the last time those two haven't been on the ice. Well, none of the core seven. I mean, it's that hasn't happened since the lockout, the 2004 lockout, that none of the core seven were on the ice for the Blackhawks. So, I mean, it's. Yeah, it's, these are crazy times. It, 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 you know, it's interesting because our friend Emily Kaplan at ESPN this morning, you know, she tweeted out that you know Jeremy Carlton was was not in danger that 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 he was Stan Bowman's guy, and we knew he was Stan Bowman's guy. And I think Stan Bowman knew that if he fired Carlton, he probably wouldn't get a chance to hire another coach because you don't get that many chances. Now that Bowman's out of the picture, you know, yeah, they absolutely Carlton at at, at the same time he's get he's it feels like he's got a longer leash. It also feels like he could get axed at any minute. Because Bowman was the one protecting him. He was Bowman's yeah. guy and Bowman's gone now. So again, the, the world is the Blackhawks oyster right now. Like yeah. literally I, anything can happen in the country. I, I feel like he needs to do something to, to hold on in this job for the next month. And then beyond that, it, it's it's proving yourself for the next season. You know, like it's, you get through, if somehow you get through this hurdle and, and then you got to, like if you show progress and you show that what you think this team you know, could be becomes then I then I think then you have a different conversation. You know, I think we're, we're talking about something different later in the season. But like there, there's like you still can't ignore that they have that they've had to start with the team that they have, and now um, I, I feel like th- there's not the immediacy of a firing or you know. But I, I do think that at some level the Blackhawks are still aware of what's going on, and uh, you know, with the sellout streak ending in the last game, and you know, like all those factors and. Um, but yeah, I'm sure right now the Blackhawks are going to take a breath and be like, let's just, let's, God, let's God do you remember like two years ago, how big a deal the sellout streak ending would have been? That's like the 17th news story of this week in <laughs> terms of priority. I mean, good Lord, there's a lot happening, but you know, I, I was talking to a scout today. Um, and you know, he said, look, it, it, it's, it's ridiculous to blame this all on Colleton, right? The, the players are not there. The players are failing out there. The roster was built poorly and yes, Colleton gets some blame too, but the problem is the Hawks are quitting. They're quitting almost every game. They're starting out well, and then they get the slightest bit of adversity. They give up a goal like late in the second period or early in the third, and they just completely turtle. And that's the concern, is that these guys right now aren't fighting hard. And that's been one of the hallmarks of Colleton's tenure here, is that the team has fought hard. They've always, even when they were overmatched, they would be scrapping and pushing to the end. That hasn't been the case. That's the most alarming thing about these six games, is the manner in which they're losing. And that does fall on Colleton. I think that these players genuinely like Jeremy Colleton. Mm-hmm. They don't want him. They're not trying to run him out of town like he's some. He's not some horrible disciplinarian. You know, we hate this guy, coach, and we want him out of town. They like him, but they're not playing hard for him right now. And that, you know, when you add that to everything else that's going wrong, the playing poorly and the coaching maybe not being as great and the, and the, the roster management being not that great, this is what you get. So I, you, you, Colleton's not off the hook by any stretch. No, no, but I. It's yeah. it's a, it's a very strange position he suddenly finds himself in. What I find strange is, like I I've I've gone back and watched. I was watching those Seth Jones clips, but I've also went back and watched the game the other day a little bit. And like if it's like if these players have too much freedom, like it becomes a problem. Like they're, when they're very kind of structured in the power play and the penalty kill, they actually do well. There's just some players like Gustafson who just who can't help himself. You know, like they <laughs> like there's certain players who uh, you know I I've seen it. Just defensively, sometimes with the guys behind the net, like you, you know, don't like you. I'm sure that Collison's just like screaming, "Don't go behind the net! Don't go behind the net!" And <laughs> they can't help it, you know. Or Gustafson pinching. It just, it's, it's, it's like they almost need more rules or, or boundaries for what they can and can't do because it, it is, you know, 
Colleton talked about the details, and that's that's the difference between it. And and when you look at the Islanders game and and the Canucks game, it's the details they were getting right, and they weren't rewarded, and and they probably deserved at least one one of those games, and they didn't. And 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 then against Detroit, they just got waxed because those details completely fell apart. And it, and it's a lot of things that just repeating itself. Where it was a one to one game, and then Detroit had a four on one breakaway, and Ian Mitchell's <laughs> the only one back. And it's because Gustafson pinched, and 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 Kubalik was like a madman at that point. He was trying to hit everything, and instead of defending, he went to go hit someone else. And it just it's yeah, just everything fell apart. And um and, and it's hard because it, like it's you know like at some point the coach is responsibility you know responsible for the discipline of the team but it it just it feels like there's certain players that just can't can't help themselves and they just want well, to and, test those boundaries and that and then the, now we have a different GM and as in charge of the Chicago Blackhawks and who may have loyalty to different players and maybe Kyle Davidson's an Eric Gustafson guy and maybe he's not we don't know that you know Stan Bowman loved bringing guys back maybe Kyle Davidson doesn't so. All of a sudden, the dynamics there change too. What kind of relationship does Carlton have with Davidson? Do they see eye to eye on things? Will they want the same players in the lineup? They're, again, like literally anything can happen these next few weeks because you know you can start trading guys. Now you're a different GM. You see the game differently, and this isn't working. And maybe you start sending guys out of town. Maybe they stick with the status quo. But anything can happen here because you know for the first time in you know over a decade, there's new eyes running the running the franchise. What's interesting about this is that. And the Blackhawks were going to wait for this report to make their decisions. But when those lawsuits happen, I wonder what conversations were like with, with, with Danny Wirtz and Stan Bowman. And what, because like you gave Stan Bowman the entire summer. We were just, you know, you're, you're going to make all these moves. And Stan right. Bowman reshaped the Blackhawks for many years. I wonder just how much of this could have been done under their watch instead of having to re- get a report and then wait for the findings to to fire McIsaac and Bowman. You know, like it's it just I get that you want to do a thorough analysis and and and, and but at the same time it's like these are your employees and how yeah I don't know they, they well, sat yeah. on it for a while too. You I, know? I, like I would say this: the, the Blackhawks handled today very well. They have not handled the last few months well. They initially, you know, their initial reaction was to deny everything happened. Which obviously looks terrible in retrospect. Yeah, I think the first comment was that we're every like we're gonna look like we're yeah it was like the yeah, first we, they were gonna be vindicated basically that yeah. none of this happened. But what they should have done it was it was very clear very quickly that these allegations were at the very least credible. Yeah, that they weren't like that that there was evidence to support them. The proper thing to have done would have been to put Stan Bowman, Al McIsaac, anyone involved on administrative leave, paid administrative leave. You can't fire them just on an allegation. I get that. But you put them on leave. I mean, we talked about this in 2015 with Patrick Kane when the the Hawks, you know, when there was a a credible sexual assault allegation against him uh, that was dismissed, that eventually was dismissed and proven not, uh, you know, you know, to have little merit in the legal system. They didn't put Kane on any kind of leave. He was there day one of training camp and it was a story and it went on and on and on. They didn't learn from that. And the Blackhawks should have put Bowman on leave. He should not have been controlling this when it was clear to anyone who read anything about this story early that this was going to end potentially with, with, with jobs being lost. And they let him have the keys for a summer where he was, you know, uh, facing an uncertain future. And that was, you know, who knows the, the moves that Bowman made, we, we applauded most of them over the summer. We thought they were good moves and they might still prove to be good moves in the long run. But the fact is, in and retrospect, guy, he should have never been allowed. He should never been allowed to have done that. He should have been on leave. They should have had some kind of, you know, 
interim figurehead in there or some collaborative process between all the assistant GMs. Stan Bowman should not have been making these decisions. I get that's this not summer. ideal, but it, it, it just. But it's, it's one, just the, 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 yeah, nothing about what this is, is ideal. Yeah, yeah. What's well, ideal no, that's about what I mean. This? Like that's like some things have to trump what's ideal and what's best for the on ice product, and that and that's what got them in this mess. It's just. I mean, you're telling me that back in you know before you know the, the free agency was late July this year. That by then you didn't know that Brad Aldrich was still with the team for those three weeks afterwards. You didn't yeah. know that he was allowed, to, in Reed Shard's words, to celebrate in the presence of John Doe, the Stanley Cup. You didn't know any of this. Of course they knew a lot of this by then. And they still let Stan Bowman run things without any you know, certainty about his future. That was a mistake. You know, it was interesting. I was, th- I w- I was told by a source today that, that after each season in Rockford, they, they'd have, you know, like player reports that, the, uh, that would come out of Rockford. And, and one of the reports about... The other player who had been, um, who who allegedly was sexually assaulted by by Aldrich was there was something in the report that said that this player, uh, you know, seemed to be struggling because of what happened last year in San Jose. In San Jose. So like oh there were God. reports that 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 the you know like everyone could have read you know that, that that you know depending on who decided to read that would and have an idea that you know so that yeah for them to be able to ignore it and yeah I don't it just it it, it was. It was. It did feel like it was handled correctly today, but it was mishandled up to this. And so, if you're a Blackhawks fan right now, what I I can't even imagine what you're thinking. I mean, th- those teams, 2010, 2013, 2015. Obviously, it started in 2010. That's some of the best memories you have as a sports fan. That's like one of the so you shared that with your parents or with your kids or with your friends, and you know that that's those are forever memories. Do those memories carry like like for for us from an objective standpoint? They're forever tarnished. That 2010 one in particular is forever tarnished by, you know, that's kind of what we wrote in our story today and, you know, going into the details about how it all went down is that, you know, that's, that's Bowman's legacy in Chicago. Now it's not three cups, it's Brad Aldrich. And, but I I wonder how the fan base is going to to deal with this. They've been grappling with this for months now. We've been writing about it for months, but I wonder now that there's some sense of closure on it that, you know, there's nobody involved in the organization left that, that was a, that, that had anything to do with it. That helps you maybe going forward, but does it color the way you look back at 2010, 2013, 2015 even? I don't know. I don't know how you deal with that as a fan, but I don't envy the people that have to grapple with that morally. Yeah. No, I, I had a fan reach out to me that I had uh, I had reached out to when I did the story about the fans' reactions. And one of them said that, you know, if if they truly hold people accountable today, so this was before the presser, that they, they said that I'll, I'll be back in, you know, like I, yeah. if they do what's right, that I'll be, because I love this team, you know, that they're, they're like, I love this team and I, and right. I, I, I want to love this team. And, you know, like they've made it impossible for me up to now. So um, I think there are a lot of people who will think that things were said today that make them feel better about, about the organization. Well, that's what I, I, I do think. And, and, you know, this might be naive by me because, you know, Lord knows I shouldn't put my faith in, billionaires but Danny Ward seems like a guy who you know who wants to genuinely wants to do the right thing he wants to make things better he wants to create a better culture I don't know him I've met him very briefly in passing we haven't spoken but the way he's carried himself the way he handled things today the 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 difficult decisions he made today uh I I, I have hope that you know he's he's a, a an executive that you can believe in if you're a Blackhawks fan now, he's got to prove it it takes more than just getting rid of Stan Bowman and Al McIsaac. There's there's a yeah. lot that has to get done. And he outlined a lot of it in that letter to the fans and what they want to do and the initiatives they're taking. And that's all well and good. You got to follow through on it. But, uh, you know, I, I, I would feel better about that at least. You know, 
John McDonough's not running the Blackhawks anymore. Stan Bowman's not running the Blackhawks anymore. Al McIsaac, they're not running the Blackhawks anymore. The that 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 taint is gone now. And I think that you can at least have some hope that this current incarnation of Blackhawks leadership uh has has the right goals in mind. Yeah, no, I think I think that's fair. I, I think um I know that for some people that how they followed through with the logo wasn't completely what they wanted, um, but but they're obviously making some strides to, um, you know, to, to the land acknowledgement. Yeah, yeah just yeah, there there there's some things there, and, and um, you know how they've hired. Uh, I think they've they've made the organization more diverse, and I think they've made some some made some strides there, and they they've tried to, to change the culture in some ways, and and I, and I think um, you know. I, I, I think that today was really tough for Danny Words because I, I think that he really likes Stan Bowman and that yeah. and that and that and that came through on on how um, yeah he, they they kind of smoothed out the way that they explained about you know Stan Bowman's departure and you know he, he Danny Words has said that you know the Stan Bowman I know today um, he, he feels that would have made a different decision back in, in 2010. I want to say something about that. You know, Dan, Danny and, and and Stan in his statement both pointed out I was just a first year GM. Yeah, that excuse does nothing for me. No. I mean, Stan Bowman was a, was a grown ass man. He had been with the organization for eight or nine years. You know, stand up for yourself. And in, 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 you, know, you, you don't don't don't. There was there was no accountability in that statement, which which bothered me. And and Danny kind of let him off the hook a little bit there too. I gotta say, because again, I think you're right. I think that they really did become close over the last year and a half, whatever it's been. But that statement by Stan Bowman that that did not sit well with a lot of people in the hockey world. Yeah, I don't, I don't, yeah, it doesn't make feel people feel like Stan, you know, like, this is on me, you know, like, right. and, and like, in one way, the Blackhawks like, oh, you know, Stan understood that he had to step away, but then he comes out with that, and yeah, it just, it's, I never thought that they were going to be able to keep on Stan Bowman, because, like, it, it's it's all about the future still, too, like, the, like if, if there's another sexual assault, you know, allegation that comes to your organization, how do you, how do you tell people that it's not going to get covered up, or it's not like this is... Anyone who was in that room felt like they were gonna get fired, and 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 you know, and the Blackhawks did that, you know, like it just it's, um, and and we've seen all the other moves, you know, like Jay Blunk, you know, it, it made it they made Jay Blunk, the Blackhawks never addressed it, but they it sounded like Jay Blunk kind of parted on his own ways too, but it like obviously he you know like he wasn't gonna stick around either, and um you know and HR and all yeah all these different people that we've seen depart the organization in recent months like there were there was reasons behind that too or, or they knew that what was coming you know like um i think a lot of people in the organization who kind of got out of there when they knew they could and um yeah it's it's why you know like coming into the just not like you knew this was coming eventually and something yeah. that i've been thinking about so much it's like, still you, just so momentous when it actually happens you yeah know? Oh, for sure yeah just you know i've been thinking about you know stories are going to write and questions i had and and I honestly didn't expect the Blackhawks to do as much as they did today, or, or express it, or or even address. I, I thought they were going to wait until uh, the civil suits were dismissed or move the discovery, um, and, and then come forward. Um, just because the way they handled it so far, the fact that people were still in their roles, so for them to come out uh, and say and did what they did was unexpected. But yeah, just it's it's new. You knew the day was coming, and for it. To be t- today and just given a few hours notice, like it, it all happened so quickly, and um, uh, yeah, just I know both of us kind of forgot to eat lunch, and you know, like it's, it's, <laughs> it's, been, a, it's, it's been a bit of a day, yeah. It's, it's been you, know, you know, the stink of this will be on the people involved for the rest of their lives, the rest of their yep. careers. Rest of, I mean, that's just that's just the way it works, especially in the modern internet age, um, and and that's probably deservedly so. Um, I, does the stink remain on the Blackhawks? That's 
that's the thing that can be resolved going forward. The Blackhawks can remove that stink to a degree by rectifying it as best they can. They can settle with the lawsuits. You know, not that money makes this right, but by not sitting there and trying to lawyer their way out of it by talking about statutes of limitations and all that, that'll go a long way. Acknowledging it, they've acknowledged it, they've apologized for it. And there are initiatives going forward to make this a better workplace culture. And, and there are indications that it's been better the last couple of years. So, you know, the, the stink is always going to exist. And this taint on, the, on that 2010 Stanley Cup in particular will always be there. But the Blackhawks can, they can work their way out of this and, and win back the credibility they've lost. And they've lost it. Don't get me wrong. They have lost their credibility. But today, I think, was a big step forward in the long, slow arduous process of, of, of regaining that credibility in the eyes of Chicago yeah. and in the, the, the NHL at large. Uh, and, and we obviously have, we have one story up, we have another coming. I know Katie Strang and, and a lot of people are, are working on other we stories. Had, we had a small army of people helping us out and, and, and working on this story today. And, and there's Everyone's questions about what USA is going to do with, with Stan Bowman. And, um, yeah, the, the, there's plenty more to be reported on here and certainly Ken and Taze will talk at some point and, um, yeah, I just, uh, like today was a big, and then I'm, I'm, I'm sure we'll have many stories going forward, but, uh, yeah, today was the earthquake, but there'll be aftershocks for a while. Yeah, for sure. Um, and then tomorrow we got, we got hockey again. So hockey it'll... game. And remember how fun Leafs Hawks games used to be, you know, Matthews and Kane cup in the, oh, remember God. when hockey was fun? I remember fun hockey. Hockey used to be fun. It'll be there someday again. Will it? Will it? I was Scott? all excited. Uh, Lucas Reichel was a sock on the, uh, Rockford Ice Sox media day today. I was all excited to hear what, uh, he's off to a good start. Yeah, but that that was also canceled today. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean the Hawks. Lucas Reichel, the Hawks they were, put their hold cap- back from <laughs> make sure that Lucas Reichel wasn't asked about Sambo <laughs> being potentially fired. The Hawks put their captain on the COVID list today, and we didn't even hear from Jeremy Colleton. From a hockey standpoint, this is as like dire as things have been in like the ten years we've been covering this team. Yeah. Didn't even have availability today. It's like no, we're not. Let's let, let let's let Danny talk, yeah, which is probably for the best. Tomorrow will be interesting. So, <laughs> um. Good. Yeah, go read our stuff. I'll see you back at the uh, arena tomorrow, and um, we'll write about hockey and whatever else there is to talk about. So, uh, for Mark Lazarus, I'm Scott Powers, and this is Lazarus Powers, and we'll talk to you soon. See ya. And I know that I can't fix it. I can help even just a little bit. Won't you let me try?